Hey everyone, we're taking the week off, but we'll be back next week with an all-new episode. We decided to re-release this episode since it's back in the news right now. You can also head over to our Patreon for some bonus content like our weekly mix bags and monthly minisodes. And this month's minisode will be an Epstein update. Thanks so much and keep it creepy. An enormous mansion in New York, another in Miami. Jets, employees, charitable foundations, his own private island. This mysterious billionaire had it all and thought he was above the law until brave victims and a bombshell news story blew the lid off the whole thing. But even with an arrest and an indictment, will his victims ever truly find justice? This week's episode is Jeffrey Epstein. Up, bump in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Jeffrey Epstein. Professional dipshits. <laughs> Esquire. God. This motherfucker. You done with it? Dude. <laughs> shut it down? Shut it down. Well, I mean, he shut himself down. He did. I mean, or, you know, did, or did Or he? did he? Yeah. That's a good point. This was, uh, this is ripe, this is ripe one. New one. Just it is out. a ripe one. It's, man, I've been getting, even today, I get Google alerts of new articles that, are coming out saying stuff. Some of it is, I mean, restating or just like not super important. There was a whole article that was like Jeffrey Epstein donated money to Harvard and got other rich people also to donate money. Okay. The one today was about how he went on this huge campaign to have a meeting with Bill Gates back in 2013. And I'm like, what are you trying to implicate Bill Gates is involved in this somehow? Like, who gives a shit? I'm sure people have meetings with Bill Gates all the yeah, time. Yeah, Bill and Melinda write checks all the time. And if this, I mean, I'll, I would like to start my campaign for my meeting with Bill Gates. Same. Okay. You guys. Bill if Gates. You, if any of you know Bill Gates. Or Bill Gates, if you're listening, we would Probably. love to have a meeting with you. Christy, let's be realistic. He's definitely listening. <laughs> Just pencil us in. He's fully listening. 15 minutes is all we ask. We could, we could wrap it up in 15. <laughs> for sure. Give us a 15. We'll wrap it up in 10. I'm not even even sure what we're having a meeting about but, it but will we will be... wrap it up 15 <laughs> we can wrap it up we can wrap it up we, we're professionals yeah you yeah. give us, you give give us, us one the of these. light and we'll wrap it up <laughs> one of the uh the spinny finger yeah wrap it up we can do it we don't even, you don't have to play us off we don't even need music no nope, no nope. or like on man what what show what was it showtime of the apollo where they had the cane, the cane. Oh, i love that yes. cane I, I want a cane for life for now i'm not leaving anywhere unless i get cane <laughs> i get pulled by a cane i want a cane to carry around with me at all times so if at any point i don't like what's happening i can just pull someone off of the <laughs> out of the scene the my, scene of life my mom wants hurt her foot and she had a cane that would fold up to about the size I mean, smaller than a water bottle. It folded up pretty yeah. small so you can keep it in your purse. That's And convenient. she would unfold it and flip it out and it would, and it would come out. <laughs> like a whip. And she would point it at people and we had to say, we're not, we're going to take the cane away from you. <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to hit anybody. I'm just making my point. But the, it's very. So she didn't use it. She just she, used it as a weapon. She only used it sometimes because she had bro- she rolled her ankle right before we went to the Backstreet Boys concert. Oh no. That's um, the worst time to roll climbing it. climbing on a chair. It was a whole thing. But 
She did keep this. It was a like a switchblade cane. Yeah. Wow. Any, is... A switchblade anything is great. It's just more convenient. Like a flip phone was like a switchblade phone. Yeah. A cane is a very large thing to th- flip out, though. You do need a, a you certain gotta have, like, radius. Three feet yes. where you're, yeah. you've got a clearing three, foot three feet around you. <laughs> the safety zone. Well, I would have liked to whip Jeffrey Epstein with any kind of My hand. Cane, my sh- flip flop. Throw a rock at him. Dude, my I just watched both it. Mo- I watched all it movies this whole weekend. I saw it yesterday. Good, I'm glad. So, so we're good. I tend to spoil movies on accident. We won't talk about it on the show, but in the first one, they throw rocks at people, and so I said they do. Yes. yes, yes, they do. Yes, I did like it. Yeah, I did like the first one better though. That okay, my official. They were all very well made. I thought that's well, maybe because I watched the 1990s version and was like, oh, <laughs> no, they someone. are well made though. The special effects, especially in the second one, are very yeah. good. Also, Bill Hader is a beautiful angel, and he's perfect he in is. every role that he's ever had, he ever, is. and will ever have. Ever. I did think one of his lines was problematic. We'll say it off air. I will. Okay. But I will say, Bill Hader, since you are listening. Absolutely. We would like he a meeting with me you. before the show. <laughs> we need a meeting with you. 15 minutes. We can wrap it up. Oh, yeah. I'll give Bill You know, as long as you want. Five, Elevator ten. pitch. That's if right. I can get in a room with Bill Hader. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd probably have a heart attack. I would cry. I love him so much. <laughs> I love him so much. Well, this piece of shit. We don't love so much. No. And I told Heather off air He's become like Ted Bundy became to me, mm-hmm. where I don't want to hear his name anymore after this. Mm-mm. He's too in the news. I mean, Saturation. especially because, well, and it is so fresh that it's just every day there's stuff coming out about him. And he 100% gets a Golden Juice Award. Yes, he is. The before we even get into it. All-time I mean, worst. He is the all-time worst. And um, I knew he was super all-time worst. I didn't even, I didn't realize how far back it actually went though yes and also the main villain in this story is jeffrey epstein sure i think the henchman is just the federal government oh yeah definitely <laughs> until now and when we alex do, acosta and alex acosta yeah until now when we have the fbi and doj standing up saying no we're not going to take this anymore you know no we're not going to sweep things under the rug but in the past we will get into it but there was I'm going to go ahead and say massive corruption. Oh, I, I, ding, ding, ding. I don't think I'm going out on a limb. No, I will second that. Yeah. 100%. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And this week we are talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Professional douchebag. <laughs> Esquire. That's right. I like putting Esquire it's at great. the it's end like... of everything. <laughs> you have that right. You have, you have the right you. to be an attorney. Thank you. It's in the Constitution. Well, let's get into it. All right. Born in 1953 in Brooklyn, New York, to middle-class parents Seymour and Pauline, Jeffrey Epstein was the oldest of he and his brother Mark. As early as five years old, Jeffrey showed signs of being advanced for his age when he learned to play the piano. Later, he would graduate from Lafayette High School at the young age of 16 after having skipped two grades, once again showing signs of high intelligence. Fairly normal middle-class Brooklyn upbringing. Did you know anyone that graduated high school earlier, like skipped a grade in elementary school? My cousin skipped uh, 11th and 12th grade. She graduated as a sophomore. She's super smart. She's, and she's, did and she like it? She loved it. She, I would, I would feel like I would have missed out on part of a high school experience. She's been 30 since she was 12. Like oh, she okay. and I, so she was ready to be, oh, done. I would get, I'd, get into a corporate role. Fully. She's done. Like I would babysit her when she was like 10 or 12 and say, Oh, you know, you want to like play a game? She's like, we can go to Starbucks and get pedicures. I'm like, yes, you're like a friend. You're like, already yeah. in your so she's always been on my level, even when well, she's that's little. Cool. She's in college now and she's doing like a quick, uh, like a, 
program where you finish your undergrad and your law degree all in one. She's damn. Yeah, she's on the fast fast track. Fast track to success town and <laughs> good like, for her. Go to law school and you too can have a podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and arguably be miserable. <laughs> it's just a little. Bit. I have never known an attorney that <laughs> likes their job. She did say she wants to do criminal defense. So I was like, oh, I read oh, Just see, Mercy. I think I would like that. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know about like. It would be very interesting to yes. me. I'm sure it would also be very taxing. It's time consuming. It's like your whole. But Just Mercy, highly recommend. Brian Stevenson, he oh, invented okay. the Equal Justice Initiative, and he gets people off death row and gets kids who have been sentenced to life without parole. Uh, parole. So that's very important. That kind of job. Very yes. important work. Yes, you are changing lives. Upon graduating, Epstein enrolled at Cooper Union College in 1971 before transferring to the Courant Institute of Mathematical Sciences at New York University. But college life would not be for him, and in 1974, he left before earning a degree. After dropping out of college at 21 years old, Epstein found work as an educator and began teaching math and physics to young children at the Dalton School on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Students described him as, quote, goofy. And one of the kids. It's one of those, if you know now, if you knew then what you know now, you sure probably wouldn't let him be a teacher. No, I think that's the last role you would want him in or a coach of any kind mm-hmm. of uh, youth sport. Or Boy Scout or a Girl a Scout leader. Girl, Girl Scout, Boy Scout. Volunteer I mean, coordinator for a youth group. Really anything around young children. You don't want this. And this is this horrifying because we don't know this. You, the seeds yeah. were, I'm sure, already in him, as we'll see. And again, you have no idea. When things like this come out about a sexual predator, all you know are the victims that have come mm-hmm. forward. But who's to say something didn't go on at this school? Or something went on before when yes. he was in college. I mean, who knows when his middle school, when his predatory nature began? Exactly. We have, there's very little kind of about pre Dalton school. Right. And life. you know, as more and more victims come forward, there's a good chance somebody from back then does come forward you know? and we start to learn about it. But. At the time when he was teaching there, as far as we know, nothing like that was going on. Dalton was an elite private school, and Epstein's problematic behavior was noticed even back then. Many students interviewed by the New York Times insist Epstein was not inappropriate with them. But others, like Millicent Young, who graduated in 1976, was quoted as saying, There was a real clarity of inappropriateness of the behavior, that this isn't how adult male teachers should conduct themselves. So, I mean, she is saying there was something. The New York Times article is very eye-opening because it does talk about how there weren't reports of inappropriate behavior, but there were students who said he would, like, stand a little close to kind the Kind of girls. like what we talked about in our last episode, how you everyone had that. But and I've gotten, we've gotten so many DMs about, did everyone have a substitute teacher that made them feel uncomfortable? Like Fast Eddie. Yeah. And then, so... There was something in the guts of some of these students telling mm-hmm. them, like, something's not right about this and guy. It's interesting because several of those who would go on record were male students who said, no one ever told me that something happened, but I would see how he would stand a little too close mm-hmm. to them in the hallway mm-hmm. or put his arm up on the wall or whatever. So there was vibes. Yeah, there were vibes being given off for sure. While teaching, Epstein met Alan Greenberg, whose children attended the Dalton School. At the time, Greenberg was the CEO of Bear Stearns, a once powerful investment bank based in New York City. Epstein expressed he wanted to work for Greenberg, and Greenberg, impressed by Epstein's intelligence and confidence, offered him a job. My former days as an investment advisor and just general what I had to learn about from CNBC, watching that all day long, Bear Stearns was like the big behemoth with like Lehman Brothers. Mm -hmm. And then in the 08 crash, they both went 
kaput. And that was huge news that Bear Stearns had survived the original Great Depression, but it did not survive the Great Recession. So it was kind of like the big dog on the street. The big bear on the street. The big what? I said the big Big bear bear on the street. (laughs) Yes. Which is funny because bear is bad. Usually a bear market means it's going down. The bull market means it's going up. That must have been somebody's name then. Otherwise, Probably. I imagine you wouldn't name your company. I'm Todd Bear. Todd, we can't name it after you. People <laughs> think it's going down. I'm shit company. That's what we'll name it. And Mr. Stearns is like, I'm very stern. We're naming it Bear. <laughs> we have All to. All right, guys. God, these two. Can't get rid of them. Bear and Stearns. Well, in 1976, Epstein began working at Bear Stearns as a junior assistant to a floor trader. It was an entry-level position, but Epstein quickly moved up the corporate ladder and was soon advising billionaires like Edgar Bronfman, president of the Seagram's Corporation, on how to pay the least amount of taxes possible. I have a moral question for you. Yeah. We all have to pay taxes. Sure. Is there anything wrong if you have a lot of money in trying to plan so that you pay every penny that you owe, but not any more? Do you think that that's morally reprehensible? Like, under the current tax code, right. the not very much money that very wealthy people have to pay, do you think if tax planning is morally reprehensible? There's not a right or wrong answer. I'm just curious. Right. Because I used well, to be like, that's bullshit, man. Pay your money. But if it's, if your fair share is not a lot, then... Yeah, I mean, it's the whole, like, the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer adage, but... You know, I don't know. That's a sticky situation. And then it's if like, you're paying at least what you owe, good for you. I think a lot of these people, in lieu of paying extra taxes, donate to charitable causes and stuff like that, which are tax deductible. Correct. But to still save face and look like, oh, look at all the good, do, the good I'm doing for everyone, That's like true. this asshole did too. Yes. That's a good question. I mean, I don't know. Do you? I don't know. When I first, like I said, before I got into the industry, I was like, you know, that's uh, you pay, we all have to pay our taxes. But you can go to a CPA and say, hey, where should I be? Should I refinance my house? Should yeah. I donate to a charity? Should I would I, donate an old car? Well, what can I write off? What? Can I write off mileage? Can mm-hmm. I write off, you know, various things for, I mean, like, there's stuff we can write off with being like comedians that I didn't yeah. know about. Damn it. So, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to see how you can... I wouldn't even say cut corners, just yeah. get the most bang for your buck, essentially. I think that's what it is. But yeah. I think, I mean, at the end of the day, the tax code probably should be changed. You should pay a little bit more if you got, I think if you are going to miss $2,000, that's rough for you. You should maybe get that back versus if someone's not going to miss $2 million. Yeah, I don't think that someone who makes, who's in the 1% should, and somebody who's in the lowest tax bracket or uh, income bracket there is should pay the same amount of taxes i think it should be based on your income yeah yeah but if you but then in addition to what you actually owe no i think as long as you're paying your fair share but i do think it should be restructured to where the one percent have to pay more probably or everybody be like jk rowling and just donate a bajillion dollars until you're not a billionaire anymore there you go (laughs) she's just like giving away i mean there's it's like when these people have so much money you can't ever use that money. You will die long before you could ever. Kim Kardashian will die long before she could ever spend all of the money she has. Does she set it up in trust for her kids and things like that and set them up for a good life? I hope so, because that's sure. what I would do. She buying a bunch of lipstick. <laughs> I don't know. But, she makes lipstick. But like, also, be generous with your wealth. 
Yeah. You can change lives with with the money that you have. Like on The Good Place when they're like, hey, you're poor. Here's $10,000. She's like, you don't have to yell, hey, you're poor. Before. <laughs> you can just give them the money. Right. Isn't that Brewster's Millions? That's the whole bit. that uh-huh. he, he What is it? He inherits it, but he loses it if he doesn't spend it. I think he has to spend a certain amount in order to like keep, keep the inheritance. Yeah. That's awesome. In, a, in like a, a very short amount of time, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be into that. I mean, I haven't thought about that movie in a minute. That's an old one. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. An oldie but goodie. Well, in a 1981 SEC investigation, Epstein was one in a web of financial professionals investigated for insider trading. He was politely fired by Bear Stearns by being asked to leave, and on March 12, 1981, he resigned. Despite this, he remained good friends with Greenberg and even stayed on as one of their clients. No hard feelings. Sorry about the SEC investigation. Have a good life. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Also, insider trading is something you could explain it to me for a week straight and I still wouldn't understand. It's it's same with money laundering. I insider cannot trading. understand. Is insider trading just when you are giving people knowledge of like, hey, you should sell or buy? Okay, that I understand. So, And, and the thing is, is I have to benefit from it. So say my firm it represents ABC Incorporated, not the, like they make widgets or whatever. They make cars. And I know that they're about to get bought out and their stock's going to go, it's right. $10 a share and the buyout's going to be for $15 a share. I could tell you, hey, you should go buy a shitload of stock in this company because it's fixing to be worth $15. So what would you, I would pay you for that information? If you did, that's like ding, ding, ding. What the SEC has interpreted it to be is that you like me more now. So my benefit is a emotional friendship benefit. Which it subconsciously will lead to like you getting more business or me trusting you and yeah, in theory. I think it's maybe. And then what Martha Stewart went to jail for? Yeah, and Mar- they tried to, they tried to take down Cuban and he wouldn't, the cubes wouldn't <laughs> fall for it. I don't think he insider traded and he had enough fuck you money to fight it. I think the fine was like $300,000 and he spent a couple million dollars being like, no, I didn't do it. So somebody told Martha Stewart what she should invest in. I believe that's what happened. She wasn't telling others what they should. <laughs> she was like, oh, I have cheesecloth. <laughs> I wish that she had. She was like, my bowls are about to go through the roof. What is at, that? At, where did she have a, a agreement with? Was Not it, Target. Was it Kohl's? No. Oh, no, I think it was... Um, What's that? Kmart. Kmart. Yeah, I was going to say what's that was like, shit hey. store that's not around anymore. Blue Light Special. Are they around? I haven't seen a oh, Kmart in years. They probably got liquidated, but Martha Stewart, that uh, Anna Gastar, where she's like, it's a fun Christmas dicky, and she's just shirtless. <laughs> Such a good sketch. Yeah. So she, yeah, Martha Stewart was trading on fun Christmas dickies. Well, okay, I do understand insider trading. I don't understand mon- money laundering. Another episode, but we got this. <laughs> you, you get it. You'll get it. You take the dollar and you put it in the washer with well, a tie. That's what pod. I've been doing, but no, I'm not making more money. <laughs> it's just, in fact, I'm making less money and have a big mess now. <laughs> no, my washing machine is green and my dollars are white. <laughs> All my shirts even... are green, have green and blue ink all and over I can't them. even put them in the snack machine. <laughs> In August of 1981, Epstein decided to start working for himself and founded J. Epstein and Company. Accounts vary as to what exactly he did there. At various times, he claimed to be recovering embezzled funds. At other times, he claimed to work as a consultant for foreign governments. To others, he was a spy. New York Magazine revealed that regardless of his real job, during this time, Epstein was connected with some unsavory characters, including Adnan Khashoggi who acted as a middleman in transferring weapons during the Iran-Contra affair. I would like to do an episode on the Iran-Contra affair just because I don't know what the fuck it is. 
uh, yeah, put it up there with money laundering. <laughs> yeah, I think George H.W. Bush There's was the head of, of the CIA mm. and like traded we- he was weapons laundering. They were they yeah. were trying to get weapons to Iran, and so they gave them to people in Nicaragua, so that they gave them to reverse. So it sounds versa. like you do know what it is. Well, I watched uh, CNN's "I Love the '90s." It's not "I Love the '90s." It's just called <laughs> the '90s. That's VH1. Man, did you get CH- CNN and VH1 confused? <laughs> well, they both made shows about the '90s. Although I was very annoyed during the CNN, there was no Michael Ian Black on any of it at all. Oh, Oh man, disappointed! Yeah. I love the '90s. It's great, so good. Oh yeah, do you remember Pop Up Video? Oh yeah, I was just thinking Pop Up Video <laughs> really? the other day. Pop Up Video was great. I learned so much from so Pop Up Video. So many behind the scenes facts. Yeah, but I like it this time. He started his own company, and they're like, "What are you?" And he said, "An international man of mystery." <laughs> I am a spy. Don't worry Thank about you it. Very much. You know what spies always do? Tell you right away that they're spies. Yeah. Step one: What do you do? I'm not a spy. I mean, I am. I am a spy. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. Well, whatever he was doing, he made a ton of freaking money. He did. Well, it wasn't long before Stephen Hoffenberg, former owner of the New York Post, met the bright young Epstein and hired him as a consultant, paying him nearly $55,000 per month in today's money. The two planned on being corporate raiders, a popular concept in the 1980s where investment funds would make unsolicited bids for publicly traded companies. Once the bidders had enough shares, they would wipe out the board of directors, replacing it with their chosen candidates. Then, effectively, the company belonged to the bidder. This was a big deal back then, and Carl Icahn is a guy that still does this today. So this is something that still kind of goes on, but most companies put in their bylaws or their charter that it's a thing called a poison pill. Like, if someone comes in and in this amount of time buys up this many shares, then they can't nominate boards of directors for so many days and it effectively it's makes like a it, red flag yeah, that goes up. and you kind of go like oh well i really don't want to target that company because i want to go in and just take all the board of directors out or at least a majority and if it has that you're kind of like oh i guess i'll just go something else i like a poison pill poison pill. Ass name for that <laughs> <To> make best <laughs> a prophecy or whatever yeah they're very dr- corporate guys are very dramatic they're well because like, they have raiders. nothing yeah that's the only drama they have is like we're gonna name this something very dramatic we're raiders because our lives are so boring or sharks, sharks and raiders and poison pills. And you're like, it's just a bunch of paper and yeah. you guys making money. They're like, but it sounds really it cool. sounds awesome. I'm a spy. <laughs> you just got to say something to make yourself look yeah. cool. The only problem with this plan was that the two couldn't get a raid right. Their bid for Pan Am, an airline, failed, as did their bid for Emory Air Freight Corp. It seemed that although they were taking in large sums of money, they never could execute a raid. Then in 1993, the firm itself was subject to a different kind of raid, one by the federal government that revealed it to be, according to the SEC at the time, one of the largest Ponzi schemes in history. A Ponzi scheme can be summed up as follows. A firm takes in money, promises great returns, then takes in money from even more investors. When early investors ask about their performance, the firm pays the early investors, quote, profits. But the source of those profits is new money coming in from new investors. In the meantime, the people working at the firm are living large on someone else's dime. To put it plainly, it is fraud. Bernie Madoff, classic. Yeah. You just take money from Bill, put it in your bank. It's paying five dollars. Paul yes. Piper, Polly, and What's yourself. That saying? Paying, taking from Peter, Peter to pay Paul. Paul, yeah, yeah, and that. then also taking a cut for yourself. Yes, yeah. I think at Bernie Madoff, he just had the money go directly to his bank account, and I thought no one noted, like no one said Chase Bank, and it's in your name, but you have a debit card for that. That Wait. is balls. 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 Huge we gotta do, old balls. We gotta do a Bernie Madoff episode. That's juicy. Yeah, that a juicy one. Juicy balls. 
Juicy old man. Bernie balls. Madoff's juicy balls available on this this corner of Wall Street and Fifth Avenue. They come in all sizes, but they're all juicy <laughs> and all corrupt. That's right. They're filled with corruption. <laughs> Gross. That's what makes them juicy. They ejaculate corruption. <laughs> Just you'll have corruption dripping down your chin. <laughs> Bernie Madoff's balls. Get them at any local stand on the corner. Exactly. Quantities are limited. Some restrictions may apply. (laughs) Well, Epstein claimed he had no knowledge of this and was only a consultant. However, in July of 2019, Stephen Hoffenberg made a statement that Epstein was, in fact, involved in the Ponzi scheme. Well, I can't imagine he wasn't, honestly. (laughs) They paid him 55 Gs a year. A month. I'm sorry, 55 Gs a month. That's so much money. So many dollars. And he, at the time, though, I think Hoffenberg was taking one for the team and said, oh, he's just a consultant. He doesn't know anything about it. Leave him out of it. So. And now that in when everything comes out, Hoffenberg he spent his time in jail. I think he got out in 2013, and now it's just I guess when Epstein got arrested, he was like, he's like, "Fuck, fuck it, it. <laughs> take it. everybody down with me." Yep. I mean, same. <laughs> just burn it down. Yeah. Well, throughout the 90s, Epstein amassed great personal wealth. By 1992, he owned the largest private residence in Manhattan, as well as his own private island, Little St. James, a 70-acre island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. He also owned a $6.8 million mansion in Palm Beach, Florida, an $18 million, 7,500-acre ranch in New Mexico that he named Zorro, and a fleet of private planes and helicopters. He was also a beloved philanthropist, having donated $6.5 billion to Harvard from his foundation, the Jeffrey Epstein Fourth Foundation. Do we ever? He didn't go to Harvard. No. Was he? He hope- didn't graduate from college. They were hoping. He was like, maybe they'll get me into. He one so more billion in the Alan community. Dershowitz, who Correct. is a famous lawyer and teaches at Harvard. I he don't know on, if he still does. He worked on the O.J. Simpson case. Yes, he's worked on many famous cases. He worked on Epstein's case. They were very tight. And I think that may have played into just his role in, in the Harvard. Uh, his choice. Yeah. I'm dumping. The, the, yeah, whatever. Also, when you own things like private islands and ranches, you get to name them. I don't I think little St. James is kind of boring. Yeah, Zorro isn't great either. No. What an idiot. He <laughs> sucked. Fuck Island. That's what he should have <laughs> named it. on Arrested Development? Fuck City. <laughs> How are you going to weed out the prudes? <laughs> That's right. You're living in Fuck City. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that's something fun. I don't know. I don't like, know. like Love Island. <gasps> <clears throat> there is so much drama happening. What's on going Love on? Island what right season now. are you oh on? Oh my God. I'm on season five. Wow. Which is the most recent one they've had. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm. They're like 50 episodes, so it takes forever to get through one. That's so many Because they film every night. They have an episode every night they're in there. Wow. But everyone, How? the guys just came back from Casa Amor, which is when they introduce a second villa. And then they split up the guys and the girls, and then they bring in all new guys and girls. <gasps> and so it's like, are they going to be, heads going to be turned? Is somebody going to recouple? And then if you recouple with someone else, the person you were in a couple with either goes home or they're just single. Oh, man. Man, and this one guy recoupled. Oh. But the girl he's with was the worst. And I was like, hell yeah, get away from her. Get out. She's the worst. Yeah. Oh, my God. A lot of drama. Man. I tried to explain it to Tommy the other day because he he just like was eating something. So he just sat down to watch what I was watching. And I kept pausing it. And I could just see him being like, I know I'm never going to watch this again. (laughs) 
don't care about any please of stop. these people. Please stop. But he would like ask questions to try and be engaged. He's like, so, cause I was like, the most awkward thing I've ever seen on reality TV just happened. And I like <laughs> broke it down for him. It was really awkward and really sad. This guy was like in the recoupling ceremony or to <laughs> see if they've come, if when the girls come back from the other villa, they don't know if their guy has recoupled with someone. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you not only get rejected, but you get rejected publicly in a ceremony. Oh, yeah. This is my worst nightmare. Yes, yes. It's, it's one thing to get dumped. It's brutal. Via text message on a trolley behind a dumpster. Always I've been broken up with. <laughs> not a text message. I'm sorry. Via a tweet on oh, Twitter. Nice. But a public ceremony. Yeah. It's public ceremony. I can't. Well, Ugh. she was waiting. Poor baby. She was off camera mm-hmm. waiting to come in to see if he had chosen her, chosen someone else. And he is, he had not, but he tried to. Ugh. And he's standing there talking about how he thought he really liked this girl, but just these few days have made him realize he's lying to himself and he's lying to Amy and they just have a lot to talk about and work out. And he's just hasn't been himself. And like everyone there knows what's happened. Oh, They're all listening to this, but Amy doesn't know. No. And she <gasps> walks in and she sees he hasn't chosen another girl. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. I thought you were going to choose someone else. I've missed you so much. I like and everyone is just like crickets because they all know what he just said. And she's just gushing over him. And then she sits down next to him and he just goes, we need to talk later. No. And the color just drains from her face. She's also the worst, though. So I kind of was like secretly Get rooting it. for this. Get rid of her. Oh, yeah. that's still more. So that's everyone's Love Island update. It's uh, mortifying. Season five. Yeah, season five. It's Amy's juicy. the worst. Tommy's my favorite. Of course. Yeah, he's also. My God. Is he hot? Oh, my God. What's his name? His name is Tommy Fury. His, that's not a name. It is. His brother is a famous boxer. And he is a boxer, too. Whatever you're about to look up, don't give me any spoilers, because you're probably going to see if he won or not. And oh, I, I just want to see a photo. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> when he walked into the villa, it was a slow-mo walk-in, and my oh. jaw legit dropped, and I just went, my God. I'm sweating a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sweating just thinking about him. He's oh. very good looking. Some, sometimes you get a guy with a body like this, and they're a butterface. No, he is not. He is, he is a, a butter everything. that I want to slather all over my everything to toe. I eat. Yes. Oh. Stick it in my mouth. Oh, there's a picture of him with a little elephant. Oh. And a little toy. It says, we do not Oh, yes. Okay, Fury. that's Ellie Belly. That's um, the girl he's coupled up with has a little stuffed toy. Who's the girl he's coupled and, up with? Uh, right now, currently... Her name is Molly May, but I don't want to look at your I, face because I don't want you to get. No, I just wanted to. Gonna, oh, I she's just, pretty. I just saw a picture of an elephant. I would hope that oh. it, it was a lady. <laughs> He's and not up a with that elephant. Furry. <laughs> He's like me and Ellie Billy will be very happy together. <laughs> Leave us. Leave us. Oh man, he probably would. He's like so legit nice though. He's not oh, just hot. He's like got yeah. a really good heart. Anyways, back to someone that doesn't have a Sorry, good heart. we need an emotional break from this dipshit. Yeah, sometimes we haven't you even do. gotten into the worst stuff that oh he's into. Oh my gosh, we haven't. All right, so it's the 90s. He's super rich. He's, he's super got rich. a friggin' he's got island. He's got a ton of islands and planes he, and all sorts of shit. He owns a bunch of stuff that he doesn't even deserve because he can't even freaking name it right. <laughs> That's true. Good point. I've been making a list of things that are illegal, and if I was in charge, lots of th- it's dumb stuff. Like yeah. people saying it is what it is, or uh, people, two people in a revolving door at the same time. That's just dangerous. Conference calls going more than 10 minutes over. It's illegal. You're going to jail. Yeah. In this case, owning an island and naming it a dumb name. That's also illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal. I also have a list that I've been keeping in my head pretty much since I was in elementary school. (laughs) 
of but, if I was in charge, things that would be illegal. Yes. What was on your list? Oh, gosh, man. I'll have to think about it, but uh, well, gum, public gum chewing. Oh yeah, would be one. <laughs> Anyone goes to jail if that's if that's happening. Someone um, was chewing gum the other day, and I just thought, oh, I hate you in your mouth. I hate you in your mouth so much. Yeah, and I rarely am like that. I remember why I was in such a bad mood. It, I could have punched him. Yeah, but I just didn't say anything. I was just like, it'll be over soon. He's got to run out of flavor soon. He's gonna spit it out. It was one of my coworkers. I was like, surely he'll spit it out. Surely you can't hit people at work. You can't do it. No, you can't do it. You can't. That is actually illegal. <laughs> If you hit someone at your job. It's true. Well, just as well known as his wealth was Epstein's guarded personal reputation. He prided himself on playing his cards close to his chest, preferring to remain a mystery to his elite friends and business associates. I'm a spy. In an interview with Vanity Fair, the former CEO of Tiffany & Co. in the UK, Rosa Moncton, said of Epstein, You think you know him and then you peel off another ring of the onion skin and there's something else extraordinary underneath. He never reveals his hand. He's a classic iceberg. What you see is not what you get, much like Shrek the Yoga. <laughs> is this from... He's an onion. Shrek. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. She just was saying that about it, but it, when I read that, it made me think of the ogres are like onions. Doesn't that, she- Yeah, I think so. I recently watched Shrek, but I don't remember that. But I'm always kind of half watching the yeah. shows that are on when I was watching them. You can't. There's not a, enough, like... You know, you you can't watch every kid show. Or I have watched them all. It's well, I mean, just at some point I got to tune it out. Yeah. yeah. Eventually you need to filter it. Yeah. Epstein was a jet setter traveling the world with Ghislaine Maxwell, daughter of Robert Maxwell, a British media mogul and former member of parliament. Mr. Maxwell was also a fraudster lying about the profitability of a company while trying to sell it. It's kind of inverse insider trading. He was trying to pump up the figures. Right. While he was trying to sell off one of the publishing companies. Gieselaine moved to the U.S. in 1991 after her father purchased the New York Daily News. Her father accompanied her, but soon flew to Moscow on business. In November of 1991, Robert Maxwell's body was found floating in the sea near the Canary Island, near his luxury yacht named for his daughter. For years after her father's death, Maxwell maintained he was murdered, likely due to massive fraud and embezzling of pension funds discovered after Robert's death. However, the official cause of death was accidental suicide. Pretty much anybody would listen to her. She said he didn't do he. There's no way he didn't do it. He would never do that. But there was something like 400 million pounds of stolen. And so it's maybe when you get wind of an investigation, you think, well, I'm not going to make it out of here. So they were saying he perhaps got drunk and fell overboard and accidentally killed himself or well, something like that? Well, the officials say he jumped off probably because he was going to be an investigation. She says a lot of bad people were after him. I think he got murdered. So if the official cause of death was accidental suicide... Oh, yeah, that he maybe he got wasted or crashed the boat or something. Okay. Yeah. Back in New York, Ghislaine Maxwell worked in a real estate office and hung out with the likes of Ivanka Trump and the son of Adnan Khashoggi, the Iran-Contra weapons dealer. It was around this time that she met Jeffrey Epstein. Boy, it sounds like a uh, round table of winners. Wow. <laughs> we got Ivanka. We got Adnan Khashoggi's son. We got Epstein. We got Geese Lane. It's that is just... a uh, motley crew. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Geese Lane, and my father's a criminal. Hey, welcome, Geese Lane. Us, too. All of us. <laughs> Except for Epstein's like, oh, no, I'm actually Maybe that's why it was a, a criminal group. father group. Yeah. They met in the basement of a church. There were cookies and punch. <laughs> and they all played cards. Yes. By 1992, Maxwell was well ingratiated into Epstein's life. She would hire, fire, and supervise his staff. 
The two clearly had some type of romantic ties, but would never outright confirm the nature of the relationship. In Vanity Fair in 2003, author Vicki Ward reported that Epstein called Maxwell, My best friend. But at the same time, Maxwell was fraternizing with Prince Andrew, Queen Elizabeth's second son and former husband of the Duchess of York, Sarah Ferguson, a.k.a. Fergie. The OG Fergie. The OG Fergie, man. This guy was also a piece of shit. Yeah. Real hound dog. A little bit of a free-for-all when you're Mm. the second son of the queen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in March of 2005, a disturbing picture of who the mysterious billionaire might really be began to take shape when a distraught mother in Florida went to police claiming that her 14-year-old daughter had been molested by Jeffrey Epstein at his Palm Beach estate. According to the young victim, one evening a fellow female classmate at Royal Palm Beach High School took her to the mansion. The classmate then proceeded to tell the girl she would give her money if she gave Epstein a massage. Local police began an investigation, which included digging through trash bins Epstein had left at the curb outside his home. In the trash, police found an incriminating piece of evidence, a phone message for Epstein with the victim's name on it, time stamped at the same time the victim told police she was there. As investigators continued to sort through the trash, they discovered more phone messages with more numbers of young girls. As the cops, you just have to think, oh, God, this is even worse than we thought. Going through people's trash, you learn a lot. Dude. That's how they got Golden State Killer. Mm-hmm. Leaving stuff by the curb, Man. they don't think. You don't, yeah. You, well, he wouldn't think because he's so, thinks he's so above the law anyways that mm-hmm. this wouldn't be a, an issue. But it is, it is interesting that anything you leave, leave out on the curb, even as you and I, is public domain. True. Anyone, it, I mean, have you seen the burbs? Yeah. They just dig <laughs> on through it. I wonder, cause later on a butler flips on him, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if any of them thought, well, let's just take all these and put these in like the trash right by the curb. Blackmail him? Or not, or just think maybe the cops will find oh. him. Like I can't go to the cops cause I'm scared of him and I'm scared for my job. But if I just put maybe him by the curb, they, yeah. maybe they'll find him. Had an inkling someone was investigating. Investigators began contacting the girls and asking them about their relationship with Epstein. Time after time, they heard that Epstein had allegedly paid these girls, some as young as 14, to give him private massages at his New York and Palm Beach mansions. According to the victims, Epstein sexually assaulted and molested them during these encounters. He would then offer them money in exchange for finding him other young girls. In an interview with Fox, Courtney Wilde, one of Epstein's victims, said, He told me he wanted them as young as I could get them. It was never enough. I've seen pictures of some of these girls, and they, I mean, they have braces. They're so little. They, I mean, and it's just, when you have a kid, you see, like, your kid and everything, in all Mm -hmm. of those situations. They don't, and I, last night I was saying to Tommy, I was like, they don't even look like women. They look mm-hmm. like girls. And he's like, I think if they look like women, he wouldn't have wanted them. That's that's what she said, as young as it could get. He, he was in, he wanted them to look like girls. That, and that was what he was in. That was part of it. And also, I think he can't, I don't think a reasonable, rational person would look at a, you know, four foot five girl that weighs 90 pounds and has braces and say, oh, well, I thought she was 19. Right. There's right. just no way. Hell no. There's no way. Members of Epstein's staff were also interviewed, who told police their employer had numerous girls come to the house at all hours of the day. 
Armed with a substantial amount of evidence, police obtained a search warrant and on October 20th, 2005, searched Epstein's mansion on El Brillo Way. The FBI collected mounds of evidence against Epstein and identified over 30 victims from New York, Florida, and New Mexico. For the next two years, the U.S. Attorney's Office went back and forth with Epstein's powerhouse legal team in attempts to negotiate a plea deal. I think that very first victim that reported it, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. And once the investigation started going on, it was that. Can you just imagine being the investigator and just sick to your stomach thinking there's more? There's got to be more. And, oh, yeah. You know, even if you have 30 victims. And imagine there how may many be more there are 130. in addition to that. And exactly. you can't even find them. That's man. He really, I mean, and he had a racket going in all three states yeah. with his jets. There's, yeah, definitely way more than 30. Well, then in August of 2007, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Florida, Alex Acosta, entered into direct discussions regarding the plea agreement. Meanwhile, the victims, who had yet to see their day in court, were continuously told the, quote, investigation is ongoing. They kept being told, be patient. We're working it out. Just We're working totally it out. in the dark. Alex Acosta knew one of Epstein's defense attorneys. That attorney, Jay Lefkowitz, scheduled a meeting with Acosta at a hotel room, just the two of them, 70 miles away from Palm Beach, that resulted in Epstein's eventual plea deal. The Miami Herald reported that the sex trafficking charges against Epstein spanned nearly 53 pages in an early draft. However, after the meeting at the hotel, Acosta decided to reduce the charges. Rather than the federal sex crimes, Epstein would plead guilty to state prostitution charges. This is just... Okay, so... This guy is a monster. On one side, someone would say, that's no big deal. It's a defense attorney talking to a prosecutor. However, there's other... Alex Acosta is the chief... You know, he's the head, right? He's the Mm -hmm. U.S. attorney. So he's got a bunch of AUSAs, assistant U.S. attorneys working underneath him. They've got investigators and staff working underneath them. Normally, a plea deal would be held in the U.S. attorney's office or in the defense attorney's office with multiple members. Not in a hotel room 70 miles away from everything. One on one. Yeah. With no cameras. No recording. No witnesses. Just a probably a steak and a bottle of red <laughs> I was wine. I going to say, a bottle of Jack. And a hat, fat handshake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on June 30th, 2008... Alex Acosta signed off on a plea deal for Epstein that let him get away with only a sex offender registration and 18 months in jail, of which he served 13. In addition, Epstein pleaded guilty to one count of solicitation of prostitution and one count of solicitation of prostitution with a minor under the age of 18. Let's recap. He has repeatedly assaulted at least at least 30 children. Underage women. Underage girls. At least and yet, mm-hmm. the plea, and and he's done it across state lines, mm-hmm. in his jet. Multiple state lines. With helpers, which mm-hmm. we call that conspiracy to commit sex trafficking. And he's, I'm sorry, you agree to let him plead to solicitation, which doesn't even mean you had sex with a prostitute. It means that you. You asked for it. You asked a girl. It's, it's saying yes. it was consensual. Well, and you say, would you like some money and we'll have some sex, adult? Yes. Yes, the fact that and then one count of of asking a minor under the age of 18 to have sex with him. One count. Aghast. So two counts each. This is what we call 13 months in jail. Special rich people treatment. Yes. Special rich white people treatment. Yes. Also that. Well, typically 13 months in jail is no cakewalk. Unless you're Jeffrey Epstein. 
In this Palm Beach prison, according to the Miami Herald, Epstein was allowed to leave the jail on a daily basis for up to 12 hours per day and continue life as normal in the jail's work release program. Well, that sounds nice. He gets to work. He's yeah. a productive member of society. Get three meals a day. Christy, what was he doing while he was away? <laughs> well, further investigations revealed that these work days were filled with even more sex with at least two women. The tryst occurred at the offices of his organization, the Florida Science Foundation. Caitlin Doe, the woman who sued Epstein in August of 2019 for acts that occurred in years prior, alleged that Epstein was quite literally able to commit federal sex trafficking offenses at his work release offices during his jail sentence. The the real un, unsavory thing, too, is when you're on work release, you don't just get the keys to a car. A deputy drives you around and supervises mm. you. So did the deputy turn around? Did the deputy get paid? Did the deputy get tricked the old switcheroo and they trick him to one go with option B, ding, which ding, was ding. he got a fat stack of cash or turn in the other cheek. <sighs> Man, that's crazy to think. What's what's your integrity worth? We had this conversation. Yeah, we've we had said it nothing. several times. Yes. You just can't live with yourself. I couldn't. I mean, some people. I think some people, I don't know. I I feel like people that do those types of things when they're they're going to bed at night and it's just them, they've got to think about it and think, "Man, I'm a real piece of shit." <laughs> But then the next day they get up and go out to their freaking Maserati and drive to work. And they're like, eh, all right, it's another day. I mean, think of this. I mean, think of Jeffrey Epstein overall. He knew what he was doing was wrong. He hid it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're hiding it, you know it's wrong and Correct. illegal. Yes. Regarding Epstein's 13-month sentence, the Miami Herald said it is one of the most lenient sentences for a serial sex offender in U.S. history. Let's let that sink in for a second. Most lenient Sentence in U.S. history, and he was a serial sex offender because I found Absolutely. documentation as early as 1999 and as late as now, like as late as 2018, that this was still going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So he had decades of decades attacking women, yes. attacking children, underage I mean, and women sure and adults, underage adults girls. as well. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But both, he had decades of being a sex predator, and they let him not go to jail for real. They let him sleep in a jail and. Attack and sleep people, with a bunch of women. Attack people during the day. Yeah, this is not a great look for this. Uh, this I don't Miami think so. prison. Yeah, but I will say, and we've we've quoted it a bunch of times. Miami Herald. This is just. I mean, oh, they've got a whole perversion series of called Perversion of Justice. That's what really blew, blew the lid off of everything that kind of happened back then. Julie K. Brown is the author behind the series, and she does a phenomenal job. It is. I think six or seven parts, yes. maybe. It's worth the read, though, if you want to really like dive deep. Because mm-hmm. we we're scratching the surface. This we like so Heather much. and I said off air. We could do an eight episode on on this monster. Yes, and I'm sure there is going to be several podcasts that come out and do just that. Yeah. So if you want to really deep dive into it, check out that my Miami Herald series. and it shows the importance of a journalist who says, "I'm not going to give up. I'm not right. going to quit." No, there is something here. And this man who just got appointed as the secretary of labor was had his fingers all in this yeah. pie and I saying she gets whatever kind of award Pulitzer, Peabody, Pulitzer, whatever they get. Because yeah. no, she's like, no, I'm not letting this go Good for her. So why did Epstein get off so lightly? Why would Alex Acosta accept such a low plea deal? According to American lawyer, The answer lies in an old adage. It's not what you know, but who you know. 
Although it is normal for prosecutors and defense attorneys to meet, the Justice Department is currently investigating this specific meeting between Acosta and Epstein's attorney. Some ethics experts like John B. Harris, an attorney who specializes in ethics and white-collar crime, who spoke to Law.com, believe the location and circumstances of the meeting is what will inevitably suggest special treatment in the public's mind and the appearance that Acosta was trying to hide his conduct. And it's true. He was doing it away from his staff. So he knew it was, he knew he wouldn't, I mean. Cat covering up shit on a marble floor. (laughs) Is that a real saying? You never heard that? (laughs) Like a cat covering up shit on a marble floor. Because if a cat shits on a marble floor, you know, cats like scrape Yeah, it'll just be everywhere. Correct. Yeah. You can't hide it. I've never heard that. The other day in you a never heard that? in an improv show, we were playing the game, uh, this game called Slips, where you get suggestions from the audience and you write them down on slips of paper. And then the people that are playing the game have to work it into whatever they're saying. And this man yelled out this aphorism. I don't know if he made it up on the spot or it was a real thing, but it was something to the effect of some people think you can't get fat off a grease pit or so, uh, it was it was it was something even crazier than that but i was like can a southern thing just anybody can make up a southern aphorism. oh yeah scooting a chair across the floor may leave a mark but it'll get you where you're going and you're like that's <laughs> i just made that up yeah, yeah. that's just not i mean yeah, you, you sniff a magnolia too long you're gonna get flies up your nose that's right. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know it's a really good one <laughs> but anything can be anything Write us. Write us with your fake Southern athletes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Just write them in. I feel like they have to be any. It has to be Southern. Yes. You have to say it in a a country accent. The book I'm reading right now, which is fantastic, where the crawdads sing, takes place in North Carolina. And they're like in backwoods swamps. And they've got some really good Good. ones, too. I love a good sound. Well, in July of 2019, amidst controversy and allegations, Acosta, who had since been appointed to labor secretary for the Trump administration, willingly resigned from his position. As reported by CBSNews.com, of his departure, Acosta said, As I look forward, I do not think it is right and fair for this administration's Labor Department to have Jeffrey Epstein as the focus rather than the incredible economy we have today. Well, that's one way to freaking circumvent the issue. Let's just talk about the economy. What you should have said is, I'm sorry that I was shitty at my (laughs) last job and thusly don't deserve this one. But no, people like to fell upward. Yep. And I, frankly, Alex Acosta looks too much like Ted Cruz. It's unsettling. He does. It's very confusing. Yeah. There was a picture of him sitting kind of sideways on a stage looking away. And I thought, that's why they have a picture of Ted Cruz. He kind Cruz. of looks like a cross between Ted Cruz and Alan Dershowitz. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like if they had a baby together. A weird love child. <laughs> a weird love child. But yeah, your apology. What we, what you should have you, said there was that you're sorry what, yeah. for the thing you did, but you didn't do that. President Trump went on to say Acosta was uh, a great labor secretary, not a good one. He went on to defend Acosta's actions in the Epstein plea deal, saying that initially people were happy with the outcome, but then later changed their minds. By people, you mean Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> By, he was super stoked. I'll tell you what, people weren't happy, and that's all of his victims. They were real pissed, and they have been ever since the deal came down. <laughs> this is not a new thing. No. While Acosta did call Epstein's actions despicable during the press conference in okay, which well, he announced his resignation, he never once offered a public apology to Epstein's many victims for the way things were handled or the abuse they endured. 
As CBS News reported, when asked if he would offer the same plea deal had this happened in 2019, Acosta replied, We live in a very different world. Today's world treats victims very, very differently. Today, our judges do not allow victim shaming by defense attorneys. This quote, to me, indicates that his argument, excuse, justification for his behavior would be that he feared that putting these 30 victims on the stand would then result in Lefkowitz, maybe Lefkowitz said, we're going to say all kinds of stuff yeah, about these we're gonna, people. We're going to destroy these women's lives, my these girls' voice. lives. We're going to destroy all of them. <laughs> and maybe Alex Acosta will argue that he was trying to save them. However, fuck you. <laughs> I don't buy it. No. It's a great, it's a great excuse to try to make yourself look good. Yes, to say because you're making yourself a victim I, as well. Yeah, I did this like it save other people. It's like no, f you, man. You did that because that was your pal, and because and uh, there's another quote from Alex Acosta, and I could find the source, but he said between twenty two thousand eight and twenty nineteen. So before labor secretary stuff, someone said, "Hey, what was up with that plea deal? Why, why'd you do that?" And Acosta goes, "Oh well, um, you know, some higher up in the DOJ kind of said, you know, he's kind of an intelligence asset, so you know, don't say anything." So was that true? Is Acosta trapped between a rock and a hard place where you have our current Did Epstein pay him off, or our current administration? Maybe our current administration or any of the previous administrations were tied up in this tryst that mm -hmm. basically a message comes down from William Barr, the head of the Department of Justice, comes down and says, I'm not going to tell you why, but don't fuck with this guy. Because so Epstein has photos of who knows? Oh, yeah. Clinton. Prince Clinton Andrew. Clinton and Trump, Trump and Prince Andrew were all known to be friends with him. They all ran in the same circle. They flew on his planes. There's to his island. Records of them going to his private island. Well, and who knows if he has photos of them. That's one thing. But what if he also has photos of Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un? Sure. Or some dictator that they... And they say... And they're like, this is going to start a fucking World War Three. Well, and they're like, well, Epstein has the pictures. We can't... If he shows those pictures, it's fine. I mean, we don't want him... Ideally, you don't want him to show the president pictures, but if he shows those, he is an intelligence asset. And he may have made that known to any number of higher up people and say, they said all the little St. James, his stupidly named yeah. island, was fully wired with video and audio. I'm sure, I mean, he was a smart man. Yeah. He was I'm calculating. I'm sure he was blackmailing the shit out of a mm -hmm. ton of people. So we're giving Alex And had a ton of information on them that... They were wrapped up in this, too. And we're giving Alex Acosta shit. And I think he is trying to save face for himself. But who's to say right. it, it wasn't corruption? Shit runs downhill. That it wasn't corruption, buddy-buddy, him and Jay Lefkowitz were buddies in making this deal, which some places have made it sound like. But another quote from him said, hey, man, they said this is above your pay grade. Yeah. Don't fuck with this guy. And you kind of got to go, okay. Yeah. And I mean, that could very well be true. So, I don't know. I don't it's put anything past our government. But freaking burn on Alex Acosta, though. Well, the Palm Beach County Sheriff, Rick Bradshaw, is also being fiercely criticized and now finds himself the target of an investigation by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement for his lack of oversight of Epstein during the work release program. Rather than work at his science foundation, Epstein seduced a young girl to fly to Florida where he had sex with her, all while being allegedly monitored by deputies from Sheriff Bradshaw's own office. And then there's the other two women that he's having sex with, too. So it sounds like he was not He was really, doing whatever. Nothing changed. He wasn't really slowing down. He for just him, wasn't, he, he wasn't just wasn't at his mansion. Using his house. Well, it wasn't until a month after Acosta had signed off on Epstein's plea deal 
that his victims would learn that this was the outcome and there would be no trial. Angry and in disbelief, they decided to seek justice in another way, through the Crime Victims Rights Act. This federal law creates certain rights for victims, including allowing them to file lawsuits in court to overturn plea deals. The victims filed emergency petitions to try and force prosecutors to abide by laws set forth in the CVRA, but quickly ran into some roadblocks. One problem was Epstein did not enter into an actual plea deal. He entered into a non-prosecution agreement with the federal government. This is a deal that is struck before formal charges are brought. So if you're charged with something, they say, do you plead guilty or not guilty? And then they say, if you plead guilty, you get this deal. Well, in this case, they say, we're about to charge you with all this stuff. This is all about to happen. And then a non- an NPA is, well, we won't prosecute you if you do these things. So his NPA was, we won't prosecute you federally if you plead. In a way, it's a plea deal. But the agreement between Epstein and the federal government was a non-prosecution agreement versus the deal between him and Florida was a plea deal. So it's all semantics, essentially. It's, it's lawyer to, speak. Yeah, cover it's, cover your ass. So that was the government's argument. Well, it's not really a plea deal with us. Their argument can be with Florida, but it's a federal law. So they can only seek reprieve from or seek redress from the federal government. When Epstein's victims filed suit, arguing that they had a right to be informed of his deal and therefore had a right to overturn the deal, the government argued that because it was not technically a plea deal, the victims did not have the right to bring the suit at all. They put forth the law. I mean... They, had, they were throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what would stick. Right. The government also put forth several other possible arguments that the victims could seek justice in another state because the deal only applied to Southern Florida, where U.S. Attorney Alex Acosta was in charge. Crimes had also been committed in New York and New Jersey. So the government argued victims could go there to get help. The other small technical problem with this was the non-plea agreement said not we will f- not file charges in the Southern District of Florida and will not file federal charges in the Southern District of Florida. It just said, we, the Department of Justice, will not file federal charges. But it was signed Alex Acosta. So they were saying, had this not ended the way it ended, that potentially Epstein's lawyers could argue all federal charges were barred by this agreement mm, from way back when. Interesting. I think it would be for only the things that he had done before that, because he, let me say. But they would have been tied up in court for years. Yeah, oh, for, to for sure. Figure that for out. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you have Alan Dershowitz as your lawyer. You will at least, it'll at least delay the inevitable. Yeah. It wouldn't be until 2013 that a judge would disagree with the government and side with the victims in a hearing on a motion to dismiss. The judge interpreted the CVRA to apply to all deals, both plea deals and non-prosecution agreements like Epstein's. He also said that the victims had a right not to be lied to by prosecutors and to seek justice where they were located, in Florida. Yeah, basically, the judge said, this is abhorrent behavior. Good for him. The... While you struck after well after you struck this deal, the victims came to you and said, what's the status of the case? And you went, well, we're working on it. Let us it's know. Negotiations. And you fucking liar. Yeah. No. By you then li- you bold face lied. The to them. ink was dry yeah. on the deal like with by days or weeks. Yeah. And they lied to their faces. The judge did not, however, vacate Epstein's deal or issue a decision after both sides later filed for summary judgment on February 21st, 2019. Judge Kenneth Mara ruled that the CVRA had been violated by the government and that the government had to work with the victims within 15 days to determine what remedy should apply, if any. The parties were deadlocked as of May 2019. In June, victims demanded an apology and that the investigation be reopened. 
the government responded that yes, the victim should have been made aware of the deal before it was entered into. But the government also claimed that it has discretion to prosecute someone or not. So the government argued that it did not have to reopen the case at the time. Additionally, all attorneys at the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Florida are required to take training in the CVRA. What's kind of the problem with the CVRA is it's a great statute if it's actively, if the case is kind of actively being pled, prosecuted. In this case, it's years later. Yeah. And so some of the only... Redress. Well, in their defense, they tried to oh, forever. enact it oh, within as soon as they found out about it. This is the wheels of justice are crushing victims. I mean, this is just yeah. fully getting in their way. They filed emergency motions. Yeah. They filed exactly when they should have. As soon as they found out about the it. The government lied to them yeah. and told them it was cool. But they luckily they had this judge that said, no, I'm not buying this line of malarkey from the, the government. In this case, the only kind of redress would have been to reopen the investigation mm-hmm. and then Really, the only punishment, though, unfortunately, because you kind of have like prosecutorial immunity and stuff is like, we'll do training so they don't do this again. But would there have been had this not ended the way that it ends? Would there have been charges brought against him still like federal charges or any kind of repercussions for him? Could have been in Florida. So that was the two um, the two filings that were made. The judge said, go work this out amongst yourselves. Come back to me. They said, well, we're deadlocked. And the judge said, "Okay, well, what do you each want? And we'll try to find a a middle ground. And the victim said, we want an apology. We want you to reopen the Florida. Yeah, they weren't even asking for money. No, they didn't want money. They're like, we want an apology and we want the Florida investigation to be reopened. And the government said, well, well, we feel bad for what happened. (laughs) Non-apology. And also, we have prosecutorial discretion. We think this case is old. We think we shouldn't have to bring it. We don't think a judge can force us to bring it. There's also arguments that could have been made on Epstein's behalf of double jeopardy or due process Mm -hmm. that this he he copped a deal. Yeah. Deal signed. The deal has been served. Can you charge him again for things? Yeah. I mean, because as big of a piece of shit as he is. He didn't have anything to do with that part of it. With the deal. He just paid a really yeah. good lawyer. He, Yeah. His lawyer. I mean, so the lawyers are the ones that should be, have penalties against them in whatever way or be charged with something. But yeah, I mean, he just got the good end of the deal of that. Well, in July of 2009, Epstein was released from prison and placed on very loose house arrest terms. He also had to register as a sex offender in New York and the Virgin Islands, where his private island was located. However, he did not have to register in New Mexico, where his ranch was located. It was at this ranch that Epstein reportedly had plans to carry out his most sinister desires. This makes me want to vomit. (laughs) Heather's just shaking. I have no. It's it's vomit material. As I was reading this in Fredericksburg, Texas, and doing some research with a glass, a cup of coffee by the by the little window, watching the deers run by, one of our friends that was with us, Sally, was like, "So." You know what he was doing at that ranch? I said, I hadn't read that far. She's like, go find the New York Times article. Yeah. And I sat there and I said, I'm so sorry. I know we're supposed to be having a moment with our, you have to stop talking for a moment. And (laughs) she goes, read it, read it. And I sat there and was like, well, the New York Times reported hearing from multiple sources that Epstein wanted to use his New Mexico ranch as a base where women would be inseminated with his sperm and would give birth to his babies. Borderline Nazi. Oh, yeah. Master race. I don't even think borderline. He, like, got scientists to go out there that were kind of like, I don't know if I can really advise you on this. He was like, did you want $3 billion yeah. for your project? Yeah. They're, like, they're like, I can look uh, the other way. Yeah. And that's 
that's been his whole life. You pay somebody enough money, they'll look the other way. Yikes. Money is... Corruption, man. Man. People will do... Bend their morals and ethics so far and break for... Every, I mean, like they say, everyone has a price. I like to think I don't. I like to think no matter how much money, if he had come to me and said, Christy, I've got a great idea. Do I get pregnant? <laughs> come, come to New Mexico with me. This is, and he was like, I'll give you billions of dollars if you find me 10 girls that I, I can't imagine in a, any world I would have said yes to that. The weird thing to it's me. It's money. It's only money. It's only money. And you know what? I think that comes from being people who understand that money isn't the be all end all. It's important. It's right up there with breathing and water and things that we need to survive. Right. But yes. an overwhelming amount of water is going to drown you. Right. I mean, you, if you, and unlike and the, those other things, you can survive without money. Correct. It, it is harder. Yes. But maybe it's because if you like, are so used to this amount of money, you can't understand how other people wouldn't want the same thing. Like, it's just so much that you think, well, I can buy anything. Yeah. Your sense of reality is completely warped. And I think, and I'm glad, oh, girl, sidebar, I watched and bawled my eyes out over Untouchable, the Harvey Weinstein documentary. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, ho, ho, so good. Yeah. But that is a case of a person who yeah. has, he was, his... His currency was less money. He didn't have a lot of money, yeah. but he wasn't Epstein wealthy. No. His currency was this rare power in the industry, in the film industry, yeah. to say, I can make you and I can break you. Yeah. And it's heart-wrenching yeah. to watch what these women went through. And the, the women that turned him down and that they their careers suffered or the women that he screamed at in the streets. And it's But it's this currency. And I wonder if you have an overabundance of a type of currency how that's what corrupts you, right? That you, yes. you don't have to worry about the implications because you'll never run out, he thought. Right. Epstein thought. Yes. Weinstein thought. But yeah, Weinstein said, I'm the motherfucking sheriff of this shithole town and I can make or break you and do whatever I want. And so when you think with Epstein, he just had unlimited amounts of yeah. money. You just think, well, I can never run out. So I can do whatever I yeah. want because there'll always be you more power I mean, or money. You don't accept no. Yeah. God. In more than one way. Seriously. And and all these women suffer as a result. Well, despite disgusting and illegal comments like Epstein made, he maintained his relationships with his rich and powerful friends like Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Donald Trump. In a 2002 interview with New York Magazine, Trump was even quoted as saying, It's even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. I gotta work on my Trump. <laughs> Trump's a hard one. Yeah. He, Trump also said that he, you know, Epstein loved his social life. I mean, it was well known amongst all of these people that he liked to party with very young girls. They knew that he was doing more than just partying with them. And it's hard for me to reconcile that if you're around all of that, you're not also participating. Yeah. At what point does non-action become action even if you're not assaulting them the fact that you're not doing anything to prevent him still makes you accountable and the danger becomes when you're around that it then becomes normalized yes much like the alexander pope poem that my teacher taught us that 
Would you like to hear? Sure. <laughs> Vice is a monster of so frightful mean that to be hated is but to be seen. Yet, seen too oft, familiar with her face, we first endure, then pity, then embrace. Mm. So she used to tell us, you guys, don't go. If kids are out, you know, doing drugs or having sex or drinking beer, if you're the, you go, well, they're my friends. I'll just go and watch. And you yeah. kind of just go, well, I'll just suffer through it. And then you go, well, I feel bad for him. You know, he's drunk. And then they go, hey, well, do you want to try some? You know, that sort of. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope of being around it and being so immersed in it that you kind of go, well, you know, it's, he's not getting caught and it's not so bad. Yeah. And he's having a lot of fun. And at what point do you, you go from inaction to action, action. you know, to. Yeah. Absolutely. Becoming a perpetrator as, as well. I think of that, though, anytime I, in, that, in these yeah. cases of like, well, I didn't really, you know, I don't want to stop him. I didn't know what to do. You know, sometimes even if you can't, it's hard. If you're in a rock and a hard place, this is your job. You can't speak up. This is the only way you can help your family. I mean, what do you do? It's hard. Well, the billionaire had got off with a slap on the wrist for his crimes, but his victims refused to be silenced. By September of 2009, 12 women had filed civil lawsuits claiming that Epstein had molested them while they were underage. Around the same time, Alfredo Rodriguez, one of Epstein's butlers, went to the FBI with the trove of information on his former boss. I think that the danger in civil lawsuits is that formerly, before I think our new climate's a little bit different, but it was not so long ago that a woman would sue a man for some sort of sexual misconduct and everyone said, she's just looking yeah. for a payday. Yeah. The reason why, if everyone wants to know, you would file a civil lawsuit is, oh, I don't know. Your U.S. attorney failed the shit out of you with yeah. a plea deal. And also the burden of proof is much lower in yes. a civil suit. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. And so you have a little bit better. <sighs> He's not good. There's tons of criminal cases OJ, for OJ. example, where they are found not guilty in criminal court and then found guilty in civil court. Yes. It is very, very common practice. Yes. So I think, back, you know, back in the day, National Enquirer of like, woman looking to cash in on yeah. a thing, she, a lie that Especially she Especially if it's char- claims of sexual abuse. She's a gold digger or whatever. Yeah. And I think back then that's now it's a lot more we believe women, we believe victims, we believe survivors. But back then, you know, that's super brave for them to do that. Yes, Especially after the Justice Department failed them so bad. Well, according to Rodriguez, Epstein regularly had nude underage girls hanging out by his pool. Rodriguez knew his employer was having sex with these girls and even provided a black book filled with hundreds of names and numbers of the victims. While Rodriguez was later charged with obstruction of justice and sentenced to federal prison, he passed away in 2015 before having to serve his time. Well, so would he have been charged with that because he at the time didn't do anything? Yeah, maybe before if he had like we were just talking about you're an an accessory to all of this. Yeah, and maybe if he had been questioned, or honestly, I didn't look into his charges as much, but if he had been questioned, or if they had said, "Hey, do you have any evidence or anything?" and And then no, later on he comes back and goes, "I've had this book for ten years." They're like, "Okay, well, (laughs) you should have given that." You would think that he. I don't know, would have struck some kind of deal that, like, if I give you this, then... um, Could you please? Well, and they may have said, oh, well, we're going to charge you with conspiracy to commit sex trafficking unless you plead to federal obstruction. And then he goes, okay, I'll take that one. Yeah, he may have just pled down. Well, over the next few years, the civil lawsuits continued to mount, with new evidence being introduced, including the Black Book provided by Rodriguez and flight logs of Epstein's private planes from the early 2000s. Allegations that Epstein and Maxwell had been operating an international sex trafficking operation with Maxwell acting as his madam also began to surface. This must be because she's rich. 
She's rich and she's denying everything. Well, she's rich and she's powerful. So what's the motivation here? Was she into weird sex stuff too? I mean, Power? that's a good question. We've seen it like with Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. I think she kind of the same thing like with what's her name from Allison Mack. Yes. Like she is still responsible and needs to be held accountable for her actions. Was she also a victim? Well, and was when, this Gislaine Maxwell also a victim? Or he just got a hold of her when she was young enough to, and she was yeah, into it. Yeah, I, I don't think she, I think, I don't she, think she was. she brainwashed. No, yeah. I think she was, it may be into him. Maybe, or, and, and I'll do anything to make you like me. Yeah. And he said, I don't know if we have this in that one. He had to have three orgasms a day. It was oh, a requirement. Oh, he had to. It was a he requirement. Had to. He said it was like eating. So breakfast, lunch, dinner. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Wow. That so, is a lot. You know, if you like this guy so much that he says, I have to have this many orgasms. Or who knows? From yeah. young underage. And who knows what he has on you, maybe. True. she's fraternizing with Prince Andrew and all sorts of stuff. Like, maybe he's blackmailing her. Who knows? I mean, she's denying that she has any wrongdoing in any of this. So it'll be interesting to see what continues to come out and what happens with her. In early July of this year, Epstein had just landed in New Jersey's Teterboro Airport when he was met by agents with the FBI NYPD Crimes Against Children's Task Force. He was placed under arrest on charges of sex trafficking minors in New York and Florida between 2002 and 2005. That same night, federal agents conducted a search of the billionaire's Upper East Side townhouse in Manhattan, where they found a safe filled with thousands of nude photographs of underage girls. Well, like we talked with Billy Jensen, there are a lot of villains in this, but there are also heroes. Yes. And this task force, the DOJ now, the FBI now, the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of Florida and in Manhattan, in the Southern District of New York and in New Jersey, and the Bureau of Prisons even, you know, after his arrest, have all been above board reporting things going after him, getting the most evidence that they Good could. I think they said the investigation started in like late 2018 and they wanted to get as much as they could get on him so they it would stick. Yeah. There's not going to be a plea deal this time. Well, there's definitely not going to be a plea deal. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The 14-page indictment charges Epstein with sex trafficking and conspiracy to commit sex trafficking. The indictment alleges that Epstein from 2002 to 2005 recruited and seduced underage girls to give him massages at his mansions in Manhattan and Palm Beach, Florida. During these massages, Epstein would grope the victims and typically masturbate himself or encourage the victim to masturbate him. He would then give victims hundreds of dollars in cash and offer them more cash to recruit other girls. In doing this, he created a vast network of underage girls in both locations for sexual exploitation. This is a very carefully worded and well-written indictment that is clearly made to scoop up other people. What do you mean by scoop up other people? People like, in, people that were involved in this, not other just Other perps. Yeah, yes. other perpetrators. Because it talks about what he does, but at every turn, it manages to mention which were procured by his employees, yes. which were provided to him by people on his staff, which Jeffrey Epstein and others, known and unknown. I mean, it's just hammers that this was not... Um, this he was, couldn't have done this no by way. himself. There's no way. But it just hammers in. This was not a man acting alone. And it's probably not the only person we're going to go after. Yes. Well, good. While U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman has not publicly specified what made his office decide to pursue charges after all these years, he did attribute it to stellar investigative journalism. 
With the extensive Miami Herald article reported by Julie K. Brown coming out in November of 2018, shortly after Acosta was made Secretary of Labor, it is safe to assume the evidence presented in that article allowed for the U.S. Attorney Office in New York to start their investigation and for more victims to file their lawsuits. This is just a case of the right people are now empowered, whether journalists, U.S. attorneys or attorneys and victims are now empowered to just say, you know what, let's all let's go after them. Let's do it. Berman has also made it very clear that the plea deal made in 2008 has no bearings on this case and has encouraged other women that may have been victims of Epstein to come forward. In an interview with the New York Times, he went on to say they deserve their day in court and we are proud to stand up for them by bringing this indictment. This man's a hero. Yes, absolutely. I said this is somebody this is the kind of person you want to be a U.S. attorney who goes, I don't give a fuck how rich you are. Yeah. What you know, who you know, I don't care. You are harming children and we will stop you. Yes. Well, Epstein pleaded not guilty to all charges, believing that he had already settled this matter back in 2008. In an interview with the New York Times, his lawyer, Reed Weingarten, said, To use this indictment is essentially a do-over. This is old stuff. This is ancient stuff. How flippant and arrogant. This is ancient stuff. These are 14-year-old girls that were raped by this man. Yes. This is ancient stuff. I don't care if it happened 75 years ago. I don't give a fuck if it happened in B.C. They need to go. Justice was never served and they need their day in court and they need their voices heard. Seriously. And I think statute of limitations on sex crimes, particularly sexual assault or assault against children, non-full, like, because a lot of states have increased the statute of limitations on rape, but other adjacent sexual assaults and offenses, the there statute should be of no sexual, no statute of limitations on sexual assault, in my opinion. I agree. Well, Epstein also maintained all the sexual encounters with his accusers were consensual and that they were of legal age. However, the victims have said he absolutely knew they were underage because they outright told him. And some also they straight up look like they're teenagers. Yes. And I think in some of them, they said, I walked in the room and he said, tell me your name. And they said, you know, Jane Doe. And he said, how old are you, Jane Doe? And they said, 14. And he said, oh, great. Let's do a massage. You know, it's like it was part that was part of the excitement. He didn't say, oh, you're 18, you're 18 aren't you? right? Right. Link. No, yeah. he was fully aware. And that, like Tommy said, if they looked older or they he lied, him. he wouldn't want And him. then you have Courtney Wilde saying he couldn't get him young enough. And he told the 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 finders, get me some, get me the any, anybody you younger. Find. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Epstein didn't work alone, as we've mentioned. As we know, Maxwell allegedly helped find victims, and the indictment alleges that Epstein worked and conspired with others, including employees and associates, who facilitated his conduct by contacting victims and scheduling their sexual encounters with Epstein. And that happened in both New York and Florida. This is federal sex trafficking. If you put a girl on a plane in Florida and yep. fly her to New York or vice versa, and you have Mexico trafficked an underage victim. And, uh, well, Virgin Islands is still in the U.S. US jurisdiction. But, and that was probably by design. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, he's got them all over the place. This is textbook sex trafficking. Yeah. And with all the helpers, cons- textbook conspiracy. Yeah. The indictment specifically names that two assistants employed by Epstein would greet victims at the Palm Beach residence. The indictment only calls them employee two and employee three, but the FBI likely knows the identity of these employees and is in the process of investigating them as part of the conspiracy charges. 
Employee two would contact victims by phone and schedule encounters. Again, how do you sleep at night? Mm-mm. Well, you're about to be sleeping on a cot with three hots because you're going to jail. Mm. He ain't alive to protect you now. His no. whatever safe full of dirt he has on the government it is not going to protect you. On July 18th, a judge denied Epstein bail, stating that his massive wealth and access to private planes made him a huge flight risk. With his bail being denied, Epstein was required to stay in the Metropolitan Correctional Facility. Good. Fuck this guy. You don't fuck get him hard. You don't get house arrest. You don't get work released. You're going You're to going jail. You're going to jail like everybody else that would, if they had done this, would man, have gone to jail. Man, if you imagine that judge, you imagine how good that felt was oh, like, oh, man. no bail. Bom, bom, bom. That's mm. the best gavel ring you're ever going to yeah, have. satisfying. And the, the guard that closes the door shut and clicks Very the, satisfying. Man, clicks the... I imagine there's a giant key probably now. It's computers. But in my <laughs> I mind. I still like to think there's a giant It's a big key. one giant key. Yes. Well, paparazzi photos on July 23rd showed a lifeless Jeffrey Epstein being wheeled away from the Metropolitan Correctional Center. According to TMZ, he had been found injured and semi-conscious in his cell. He was placed on suicide watch in the special housing unit and evaluated by psychiatric professionals. Shout out to TMZ. They did a lot of reporting on this. TMZ is the only news that my mom watches. TMZ is usually factual, but they have do not give a shit about morals or ethics. No, they will get all up in anybody's business at any time of the day to get that story. I like reading TMZ. I cannot stand their show. The show is uh, erratic. It's and just all of them are monsters and have the worst personalities. It's very uh, flashy and shouting. Yes. There's a lot of yelling. I do love the TMZ website, though, because you can see some nasty shit on there. But yes, TMZ, the television show, is the only it's news. It's the worst, but I do... Well, Fo- she watches Fox, not Fox News, the local Fox affiliate with an insane news anchor named Tim Ryan, who just doesn't give a shit and yells all the time. She wa- should be on TMZ. Love this guy. And then she watches TMZ. That's her only source for news. I mean, that's if it wasn't on TMZ, She goes, if it wasn't on TMZ, it didn't happen. <laughs> well, Epstein was all over TMZ, this so the truth. she's right in this case. I literally was Googling Jeffrey Epstein suicide attempt TMZ. So I went with the TMZ because they do time. They do break it down they, into nice timelines. And do timelines. There's bullet photos. Points, yeah. Bullet points. Yeah, it's great. And they have all, they have a lot of juicy inside sources. They do. Yeah. That's because I'm telling you, they have no morals and ethics. Don't give shit. They just want the story. Well, there is yet to be a conclusion as to what happened to Epstein in his cell on July 23rd. There has been speculation that it was a legitimate suicide attempt, simply a cry for help, self-inflicted injuries to try and get a jail transfer, or an attack by another inmate or guard. Six days later, on July 29th, for reasons that are unclear, Epstein was taken off of suicide watch and sent back to the MCC. The MCC had been a far cry from the cushy Florida digs Epstein stayed in before. One prior inmate told the New York Post that it was worse than Guantanamo Bay because Guantanamo Bay is is more relaxed. Can you imagine being? It's a bad review. Yeah, that is a bad Yelp review. Very bad. Uh, Not as relaxed as Guantanamo Bay. Two stars. (laughs) Not as relaxed as Guantanamo. Two. That's more than I would have given him. There's food there still. Okay, and they have that one giant key. Although famous criminals such as Al Chapo and Bernie Madoff have briefly called the walls of MCC home, the place is allegedly infested with rats and suffers from constant staffing shortages, requiring exhausted guards to work overtime. The one good thing about this is there's an investigation into the standards of, I I mean, it sucks that anybody has to go to jail. 
Does it? If, if they didn't do it. If they did do it, it's This great. guy deserved to go to jail. Fully. It's amazing that he went to jail. It was the first time in his entire life where he a hundred times deserved to go to jail yeah. and he went there one time. Yeah. However, I think they should have humane conditions. There shouldn't be rats. Sure, sure, sure. There shouldn't be rats. What if the rats are like um, the mice in Cinderella? Then that's amazing, and you're lucky because they're bringing you cheese, yeah, and, and corn. making you clothes and stuff. When they sing you a little song, so we don't know what kind of rats these are. I think it remains to be seen the type of rats. Let's not rat blame. That's right. So we know what we kind need of to rats know the, the status. I do agree. Of rats. Prisons are. I mean, we talk all the time about prison reform, and they should be humane conditions. Read Just Mercy, Miss Shirtliff, my seventh and eighth grade English teacher, who I love very much, and I meet with her monthly. She told me to read this book, and I said, well, now you've ruined my life because all I want to do is fight for prison reform and, A, making sure that people that are wrongfully convicted aren't in jail or especially on death row, but, B, humane conditions and air conditioning. And there's stories of facilities in Chicago and New York and Texas where there's no air conditioning. And, yes, you maybe did And people die from heat exhaustion or freezing. We're not – I don't want to live in a country where we torture human beings. I mean, I'm against the death penalty regardless of what you've done. So I I, I agree with that. After the Menendez brothers. Yeah, what's interesting, when we started this podcast, you were pro-death penalty. I was penalty. very pro-death penalty. And in earlier episodes, you even talk about yes. how some people deserve the death penalty. I thought it I, you was have, the Menendez brothers. I thought it Menendez was something turned, else that the Menendez brothers, turned you. It was Eric Menendez, and now he's like a counselor. And I have this idea of like, we're all, we all should strive to do good. And yeah. if you kill somebody, then you've cut off any ability for them to do any good. Like, it's yeah. a waste for everyone. So Eric Menendez, they could have killed him when he was 19. They could have executed him when he was 19. Brian Stevenson, in his book, Just Mercy, he puts forth the, the theory that murder is the only crime that we do an eye for an eye for. He said, if you rape somebody, we don't take you to jail and forcibly. Or if we rob somebody, you rob somebody, we don't go wipe your bank account out. You know, you right. go to jail. And he said, murder is the only one we do, like, one for one, right. eye for an eye. And then also his book is just filled with, like horrifying stories of people being put on death row for things they very clearly did not do it's terrifying yeah it was a systematic in the area of the south that he was in that it was a the death penalty was basically created to reinforce the prison industrial complex and slavery and it was state sanctioned lynching period it was meant to kill as many black people as they could i'm gonna read this but it's probably gonna be i've cried the most (laughs) upsetting thing i've ever read paris was like please i don't want to hear any more of that because I would be like, oh my god, this is about a teenager who got put in adult prison and yeah. this horrible thing happened. I don't know. To him. He's it's like, gonna be, that would be rough for me to read. Yeah, it's like it's a real bummer, but it's it just. But it's so important, it's and I'm so, glad that it's it's out there. It's so impactful. Just yes. mercy, Brian Stevenson. Everyone read it. On August 10th, 2019, mere days after hundreds of pages from a civil suit filed by one of Epstein's victims had been released in court allegedly naming several senators that had also been involved in the abuse, Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in his cell. His death has officially been ruled a suicide by hanging. At the time, guards were supposed to be checking on Epstein every 30 minutes. Despite initial reports, Epstein was not on suicide watch and thus was not in the special housing unit that provides continuous 24-hour-a-day watch. Prison officials have not yet commented as to why, despite his previous suicide attempt, Epstein had been taken off suicide watch. The, yeah, yeah, the judges are very concerned. Yeah. A judge in the case has asked the Bureau of Prisons to comment on this lack of oversight. Yeah, they're just like, how, how did this person have a credible suicide? You took him to ho- the hospital and you bring him back and go, hey, he's probably fine. 
Many speculate that overworked and underrested guards are to blame for Epstein being able to successfully take his own life. Other theories suggest that guards may have been paid off to look the other way, either by Epstein himself or a high-profile associate that wanted him silenced. One of the more outlandish theories suggests the body found was not actually Epstein, but rather a body double, and that Epstein is alive and well, living out of the country. Well, he does have unlimited resources. He does. Where did they get a body? That's another good question. Interestingly, three days before his death, Epstein signed a new will. One witness to the will was the 26-year-old attorney who was a member of Epstein's trial team before his suicide, Marielle Cologne Moreau. Part of that new estate plan included creating a $578 million trust. Some experts, including financial magazine Bloomberg, speculated that this could have been done in an effort to shield his assets from creditors. So this goes into the conspiracy that if he's about to die, he has no kids. Why would you care what happened to your money if you're going to kill yourself? Because you don't want your victims coming after it, I would say. But you think he really cares if he was going to kill himself or would he want to save as much money in a trust so he could live in another country? Or he, yeah, I do think he's dead. Okay. So. Or, yeah, or that's the other thing is he's thinking, okay, well, I'm going to shield this money. I'm definitely going to get out of these charges. I'm not going to go to jail forever. So I need to keep my money from all these lawsuits. And then he's murdered. Could have been. It doesn't seem necessarily. Yeah, you want to get your affairs in order as a person who maybe is contemplating suicide. But this type of it's normally giving stuff away. Why wouldn't he say, okay, well, for five hundred seventy eight million dollars, give it all to Harvard. Yeah. So that way the victims can't have it. Or my parents or my brother or whatever. Why would you put it in a trust? Also, very interesting. Marielle Colon Miro also represented El Chapo. She's very young and she's 26. Yeah, she's very young and she's. There's a very interesting article, and we'll put it in the show notes, about how she got on the El Chapo team. And then from there, it sort of rocketed her career. Interesting. Well, a copy of the will obtained by Bloomberg shows a file stamp from the U.S. Virgin Islands in the top corner, dated August 15, 2019. In it, Epstein declares himself as a resident of the U.S. Virgin Islands and names two men, Darren K. Endike and Richard D. Kahn, to serve as executors. Indyke is Epstein's longtime lawyer, who helped set up most of Epstein's shell companies. This is problematic, as Indyke was Epstein's attorney, which means their interactions were and now continue after Epstein's death to be protected by attorney-client privilege. After a client dies, attorney-client privilege survives the death, and the estate retains the right to enforce it. That means that, as executor, Indyke is able to maintain that privilege, while Richard Kahn is a businessman who served as an officer for Epstein's charity. So you have, and Indyke has all the goods. He's able to not turn over those goods if it was told to him in the context of wanting legal advice or in attorney-client privilege. So what are you saying? So then the stuff that he knows, since he's the executor, he doesn't have to reveal it. If it in was, a court of law. Correct. If it was just Richard Kahn then none of the information that he could come that he would come right. across but because he was his attorney correct. he doesn't have to reveal that or richard decon as the if he was the sole executor could go oh well on the behalf of the estate i waive the privilege but since the attorney likely wants uh, to protect himself like you got to turn two keys yes and he's got both of the keys yeah. he won't turn, he ain't turn no keys well there are two problems with this plan if it were a testamentary trust meaning although there is paperwork the assets don't move until death then the trust won't inherit until the estate is administered. Part of that process includes paying out on claims by those who have a valid claim. Like with the victims. If it was an inter vivos trust, 
meaning it was created and funding during his life, the transfer of money would likely be seen by courts as a fraud on creditors, meaning Epstein knew victims were trying to collect, so creating this trust to avoid that was a fraud. Yeah, that's why it makes me, I don't know, suspicious that he made this. Because kind of either way, I guess these so are... So what, what are you thinking? That I think he did not want to die. He this is this is a state. So you don't think he committed suicide. Correct. As a person who has done ultra high net worth estate plans, this is the type of planning that you do if you plan on leaving money to your children or for yourself to set yourself up for right. retirement. Yeah, it's quite possible he did not take his own life. That's and what it's someone took it for him. Basing just only on the estate planning part. That's a good point. On August twentieth, twenty nineteen. Three separate lawsuits were filed against the estate of Epstein, which will hopefully serve as some sort of compensation for these women who were repeatedly and systematically abused by Epstein, who served a minimal jail sentence and never faced true punishment for his crimes. Yeah. And so if it's a testamentary trust that all those lawsuits have to get settled first before any money goes into the trust. So hopefully at least somebody will see some. I think semblance of justice. I think I think a lot of the victims will see some money. I don't see why this indict fellow don't just go write everybody checks and go. Yeah, listen, we know he did this. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Might may happen. Epstein's death has led many of his victims to once again feel like they have been robbed of their day in court and that justice has not been served. Accuser Jennifer Arias said, "I am angry. Jeffrey Epstein won't have to face his survivors of abuse in court." We have to live with the scars of his actions for the rest of our lives, and he will never face the consequences of the crime he committed or the pain and trauma he caused so many people. Very well said. It's absolutely concisely said because he, even if he was murdered, kind of got the easy way out. Yeah, for sure. He isn't. He doesn't have to answer for anything anymore. Mm -mm. He's hung out in jail for a month. Yeah. And a chunk of that was spent in the hospital. The amount of time he spent in in unpleasing circumstances and surroundings compared to the rest of his life, which was filled with money, money and, and lavish homes and, and cars and doing whatever he wanted and getting away with it is minuscule. It's a grain of sand on a beach. Yeah. I mean, he had no, no punishment. Drop of water in the ocean. Yes. What he Nothing. got versus what he did. While it is true that the criminal case is now over as Epstein was the only person named in the criminal indictment, that does not mean that his co-conspirators are off the hook. In a statement released after Epstein's death, the U.S. attorney working on the case mentioned that the investigation will continue and specifically mentioned a, quote, conspiracy count. This has implications beyond Epstein's death. And it's Jeffrey, what's his name? The U.S. attorney for the New York. He very specifically said that in um, the statement. Berman. Jeffrey, yeah, Jeffrey Berman. He made sure to say, the the investigation's still going on. Yeah. Wink. Hint, hint. In connection with his investigation, his co-conspirators, including Maxwell, could still be prosecuted. The indictment issued by the U.S. Attorney's Office alleges that, quote, Epstein, along with other persons, known and unknown, engaged in the conspiracy to commit sex trafficking. That leaves the door open for further charges to be brought against Maxwell and other participants. I certainly, certainly hope they do. I'm not 100% sure either, but I think by filing that indictment when they did, and it says persons known and unknown, I think it'll toll the statute if it takes them, which means if the statute of limitations is five years and the mm. crimes, you know, it'll stop. You basically get like a frozen, a freezing time on the date that it was filed. I think that is a, 
uh, in the abscesses of my mind. Somewhere. <laughs> abscesses of my mind. In addition, victims are still able to file civil suits against Epstein's estate, provided the state in which the abuse occurred does not have a statute of limitations. I believe Florida does. Yeah. Seven years, I believe it is. That so, is unfortunately for a lot of those victims, precluded. the statute of limitations is already up, which yeah. there shouldn't maybe be one. something, maybe something so high profile as this will elect change in that arena in that state. That'd be amazing. And other states. And but- that's the Crime Victim Rights Act came out of victims of uh, the family members of victims of a murder and they had these issues with. The- so it's unfortunate when this really traumatic thing happens to you and you cannot get regular, you know, the retribution you want in the courts or civil or criminal. But sometimes you can take that trauma and turn it into something that can help other people. So hopefully the state of Florida will make some make some moves. I hope so. Epstein's ability to use his power, wealth and social and political connections in order to sexually abuse hundreds of women and underage girls for decades is a glaring example of why movements like Me Too are so massively important and critical. With more and more victims coming forward and the public demanding answers as to how this sexual predator got off so easily 12 years ago, the investigation is likely just beginning. In her interview with Rolling Stone, Jennifer Arreaz said it best. Epstein is gone, but justice must still be served. I hope the authorities will pursue and prosecute his accomplices and enablers and ensure redress for his victims. Again, she nailed, hit the nail yeah. on the head. Man. So this is still very active and ongoing. This is very fresh. We'll update as sure. needed. There's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see when a lot of these documents are unsealed, who is implicated in this stuff. Definitely. But what do we think? More, more importantly, what I'm asking you, what you think is about his death. I think that, I don't think that he killed himself. But I don't know who killed him. So my two theories are that he was killed by maybe like a pissed off guard or someone. But more likely somebody, I think someone was paid to to end him. I think that's the likely scenario. I think he knows too much. I think the behavior before his death, the I think the last suicide attempt, the, 20, the July 23rd one, was either kind of a cry for help or someone went in well, there. They said that it looked kind of like he'd been beaten. Yeah. He had like bruises around his neck. So yeah. it could have been from hanging, but it could have also been he got. And there was a bone broken in the front of his neck that does indicate suicide. But if you were a trained professional assassin, wouldn't you know to break that bone? Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that he is dead. I don't think yes. it was a body double or something like that. I, I would think. It was suicide, except for this trust stuff is very interesting and doesn't it's hard for me to reconcile why he would have set all this up. Why do you care about what happens to your money? Unless he was just so greedy and refused to admit any wrongdoing that he thought even in death, I'm not going to allow Mm -hmm. these women and girls to get a dime from me because I didn't do anything wrong. True. I mean, that that could be it, too. He could come at it of. He wanted ultimate control and to take advantage and doesn't think he did anything wrong. And even in death, already, he has control over this. Well, I already paid him. You know, I paid him when they yeah. did the act. You know, he yeah. may, and he, a greedy person is just greedy, but I think the way that it was set up sort of intricately and putting the two executors and one is a lawyer and it's set up in a way that indicates to me that he thought maybe he was going to get out of jail. 
and live in another and country live. or and, some yeah. you know not be free but you know Roman plants get up you know go to sure, somewhere else sure, and sure. hang out and just don't come back to the US well and the fact that this happened days before all those documents were going to be unsealed or the day of or right the, yes the day of so in implicating a lot of high profile senators who knows who else like Listen. who knows who else could possibly have been the ones that said hey uh operation thunderbird is, is a go shutting this down yeah. yeah shutting this down right now send somebody in i think it was a joke but that was on twitter that someone said that an unnamed source from within the jail said 30 minutes before epstein was killed a man came in it was a new guard who i'd never seen before he was wearing a full guard uniform but i had never seen him at work and i said what's your name and he said steve i said oh cool steve what and he said jail i saw that too it steve, has to be a joke steve jail i think it was like pixelated vote or someone but i just thought that was very yeah amazing. yeah yeah it was a twitter joke but, but it's but i mean that's very like tongue-in-cheek though but of this how overworked glaringly obvious this could have been well and also it's just overworked guards they're over they're understaffed overworked and they come in and say who are you oh, i'm the new guy you guys are working so much overtime i'm here to relieve you and the guy goes oh my gosh thank you and or says, hey, I'm your new supervisor. You're about to go in the other room. And possibly it was neither of those. Correct. But someone there to take care of business. Exactly. It wasn't anybody that actually worked for BOP. And so that's kind of always the question, too, is who knows how much. You yeah. know, if the CIA is here to do this, they're not going to go and tell the manager. The, they're called wardens, Heather. They're not called managers of jail. <laughs> no, Mis- don't think they, you want. Some of them call me Mr. Manager. <laughs> no one calls you that. But yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to go in and tell the warden. What they're going to do is get a, no- a phone call that says, hey, this is Bill and he's going to work here now. Yeah. And then Jeffrey and they Epstein say, okay, is killed. Welcome, Bill. Yes. Yes. And they go, aye, aye. The well, CIA. and also, if... What Acosta said back in 2008 is true that he's he an was asset. told this is above my pay grade, your pay grade. Just do what you're told. I mean, that if that is true, then then it stands to reason that was true now. Mm-hmm. He's above the pay grade. Interesting. Yeah. This was a long one. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, it was. And it's like we said, there's so much more we could have yes. gone into. There's- we could have we could have done a whole episode just on his financial crimes. Oh, yeah, for the sure. The thing about him, and we could have probably done a, at least a half an episode on all the reports that came out of the high school that he worked at. I mean, this, like we said, his abuse spans decades. And the fact that in a month from the time he was arrested to the time he's dead, it was just a month. He was found dead. Found dead, yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think. There's a lot of interesting conspiracy theories yes. out there. And thank you all. A lot all. of Reddit rabbit holes. Oh, there's so many. And Twitter rabbit holes. Lots. And, lots. But thank you all for when we did the Canadian road trip uh, homicides. We said, we're going to do a recent one. What do you think it is? And there were so many. Epstein. It's yeah, got to be yeah, Epstein. Yeah. It's got to be Epstein. So thank you for uh, suggesting it. And we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. Well, Sinisterhood will always remain free, but if you wish to donate to our Patreon to help offset the cost of making and hosting the show, you can visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon in the top right corner. You'll get some sweet perks like Patreon-exclusive content, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group, a special shout-out on the show, and a monthly bonus mini-sode. We just did our Facebook Q&A, which was so fun, and we learned a lot. It was super and fun. And we did a mini-sode about the meat warlock. That is one of... It might be my favorite episode next to episode 13. It is... That yeah, we've I, done. I laughed it was, so hard. It was, that was the hardest I've laughed in an episode in a long time. It was so good, and I told Paris, man, we just recorded an episode. It was great. He said, oh, I can't wait to listen. I said, oh, are you going to sign up for the Patreon? Because <laughs> you can't hear it without... And he said, 
Ouch. And yes, I will. You've made me feel bad. So <laughs> Hey, if if it takes guilting someone into signing up for my, the Patreon. My mom refuses to sign up. And I know, so I was like, you haven't been able to guilt her into it yet. When I said, well, then you don't get to hear the Pazuzu Allegrad <laughs> weird story that it's we a told. Great, it's a great the meat one. meat warlock. So while so many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch, and we love it, please keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag for yourself, like T-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kids, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on shop in the top right corner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps small podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood Christy. I am on Instagram at Christy and Wallace and on Twitter at Christy or GTFO. We love you so much. Thank you so much for supporting the show and keep your eyes out in the mail for your Sinisterhood sticker. Thank you so much, guys. Keep it creepy. Sinisterhood.